and welcome to the Brology Podcast. I'm Austin, aka G.I. Joe, and I'm here with Ryan, aka the Duke of Dickwater. <laughs> that caught me off guard, man. <laughs> you came out with that one so fast. <laughs> Beer. And this week we are talking about the murder slash well, I guess it's murder conspiracy slash accidental death slash what the fuck ever. Yeah, who of, the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, Princess Diana. You but put for, some respect on her name. Damn it, Austin. Princess Diana of Wales. Well, Princess Diana of Wales. Yeah. You, like yeah. the animal whale? No, like the country. I like the animal better. I do like the animal better, yeah. Because, well, look, so the country of Wales will always have a special place in my heart just full of hate. And you want to know why? Because the whole anti-vax movement started there. That's where it fucking started. All of these motherfuckers out there refusing to get their kids vaccinated for like polio and mumps and measles and thrush and like all this shit that can really fuck them up that hasn't existed for 30, 40 years because of fucking vaccines started in Wales. Fuck Wales. Fuck your country. I'm saying it. That is 100% your fault. You are so small as a country. You could have stopped that. <laughs> I think we've only ever had like two listeners two or three listeners from there so yeah your country sucks and if you don't agree then come on our message boards and our facebook (laughs) and everything else and i will debate you about why your country sucks touche touche yeah well ryan you got a story of the week this week i do have a story of the week this week which is weird that i'm the one with the story so there is a mountain in oregon specifically in the backwoods of eugene oregon named swastika mountain Named after a ranch and a small town that neighbors it. Also, the ranch of Swastika and the town of Swastika that was founded in the early 1800s. And it's problematic, to say the least, (laughs) that there is a town, a ranch, a a massive cattle ranch, and a mountain all named Swastika. Now, I wonder if it's a bunch of white supremacists up there. You would think so. You would think! You would think, with as long as that thing's been there, that that would be like neo-nazi central like yeah of course we're gonna build a compound on swastika mountain it, honestly if they're not there that just sh- shows how stupid they are because we already know they're fucking stupid yeah but to not build your headquarters on swastika mountain yeah in the town of swastika like how that just blows my goddamn mind so apparently this whole thing got kicked off as to anyone even really realizing that this place exists because it's Like I said, it's in the backwoods of Oregon. Not a lot of people out there. So it's gone largely ignored for like almost 200 years that this place is named Swastika. And then, you know, obviously that's got uh, religious uh, implications beyond the Nazis. You know, it's an an ancient uh, Central Asian symbol and everything else. But, you know, once Nazis get a hold of something, it ruins it for everybody forever, right? So, apparently there were two hikers that had to get rescued off the peak of the mountain back in January of this year. And then that kicked off this whole thing where a lot of, not necessarily locals, but people outside that general area are now demanding that the the entire area get renamed. The mountain get renamed, that the owners of the ranch rename their ranch, that the town changes the name of their town, right? 
And so far, everybody seems to have gotten on board with this one. And it looks like the new name is going to get changed to Halo Mountain. And they might change the name of the town to the town of Halo because they're at the foot of the mountain. Yeah. But it's like, how... How do you go this long and not realize that your entire situation is slightly problematic, right? Like, how are you just waking up every day like, oh, man, another beautiful day in swastika. Well, I mean, do you think it's inappropriate to have a city called Sugar Tit? Kind of. I do. Yeah. I kind of. I mean, and there's what? There's Middlesex. You know, there's Intercourse. I think it's in New Mexico or Texas, the town of Intercourse. Well, Sugar Tit's like... Right down the road. Yeah. Yeah. But they make moonshine there, so it's like, I guess it's funny. I don't know. Do they make anything in swastika? Please don't make anything in swastika. I really hope you guys don't have industry in swastika. <laughs> or a bunch of swastika t-shirts. <laughs> no, I just don't want them to have anything. I don't want them to be like, oh, yeah, this is swastika milk from the dairy rancher. This is, you know, like, get you a good swastika steak. <laughs> you know, we got imp- an imprint on <laughs> the swastika. Yeah, yeah I, like well, I don't need, I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that to be a thing that exists. Please don't have any industry swastika, Oregon. <laughs> oh God, I really don't want there to be like a forestry center there at the face of the mountain. Like, oh yeah, come tour Great Swastika Mountain here. Get a T-shirt and a pamphlet. Oh. Let's stop by the gas station in Swastikaville. Yeah, yeah. Like, could you imagine, like, you get one of those, like, little uh, National Park shirts or whatever, and it's just like, I I climbed, you know, Kings Mountain or whatever, but it'd just be like, I climbed to the top of Swastika, and it's like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you climbed to the top of Swastika? (sighs) I wonder how many people are rocking the Hell Hitler bumper sticker (laughs) that lived there. Oh, God, I just, I really hope, like, deep down, I really hope everybody that lives in that area are just genuinely just really nice people that are just completely ignorant to the fact of how problematic that is. I really hope that's what the case is. I really don't want it to be an entire fucking town of Nazis. Well, I mean, you gotta think, you said the town was founded in, what, 1800s? So it was long, long, long before World War II. Right. But then, like I said, though, once Nazis get a hold of something, it's it's gone. Like, the Iron Eagle is an ancient Roman symbol, right? No. You can't go around with an Iron Eagle tattooed yeah. on you anymore, you know what I'm saying? Like, once they get a hold of it, it's just, it's a wrap, man. Nazis, they, they ruin everything. Look, you know what looks really nice on a pair of black boots? Red shoelaces. The colors go well together. It looks nice, but you can't wear fucking red shoelaces in black boots anymore because of fucking Nazis. You know what else looks nice? Red suspenders. That's a fine color for suspenders. If you're wearing pants and you put on a pair of suspenders and they're red, that that looks nice. But guess what? You can't do it anymore because of Nazis. You really don't see too many people wearing suspenders anymore. I think like the last person I saw was Bruce. I mean, you still see it. Not I mean, I because don't of see Nazis. It that much. Like, like you, like there's um. I saw a group of kids in Inman. Yeah, I was in Inman. And they had on black combat boots and some camo pants that they got at the Army Surplus store and some white t-shirts and red suspenders. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> These are the first Nazis I've seen since I moved to South Carolina. There they are. They're, they're, they're South Carolina Nazis. I found Skin them. heads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, honestly, I've been here for 10 years. I haven't seen any until just, like, a couple months back and I saw them. And I was just like, holy shit. There they are. Huh? They're the South Carolina Nazis. How many did you say in North Carolina, though? Honestly, not many. 
You, there really wasn't a big Nazi scene in North Carolina. Like, there were a couple of Nazi punks that kind of ran around Raleigh, but that was about it. I'm really surprised there's not more in the South. There's a lot in Asheville. There are a lot of Nazis in Asheville, though. Like, every time I'm walking around downtown, I'll see some of those, like, I'll, I'll see skinheads, like, hanging out in the downtown area. Yeah, but it's it's worse, like, in the middle part of the U.S. than it is in the South. I'll tell you where I've seen more Nazis than I've seen anywhere else. Detroit. There were fucking Nazis everywhere in Detroit. Like, whole packs of them. Like, 20, 30 deep. Like, walking around downtown Detroit and shit. Like, just Nazis fucking everywhere in Detroit. It was crazy. And I'm talking, like, full-blown. Not even, like, trying to kind of hide it, you know? Like, like I said, like, with the subtle shit, like the red laces and red suspenders and all that crap. I'm talking, like, full armbands. Like, walking around in black leather dusters with the swastika red armband on and shit. Like, yeah. bicked head. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Look at these motherfuckers. Nah, but back to the suspender thing. Like, just wear a fucking belt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Suspenders are better if you're like... So, the reason suspenders exist are for old dudes with a beer gut and no ass to keep yeah. their pants up. Like, Because even at that point, if you wear a belt, you're still pulling your pants up all the time. So you gotta yeah. wear suspenders if you, wanna, if you don't want to have to keep fucking with your pants every single day like... Like some, like all these young dudes we got at work that mm. sp- spend half their day trying to work with one hand because they got to hold their pants up with the other one. <laughs> or they could just wear a fucking belt. Yeah, they could just wear a <laughs> fucking belt and their pants around their goddamn hip. Pants on the ground, pants on the ground. Looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. <laughs> you remember that guy? Yeah. Well, oh, shit. Anyways, so Princess Diana of Wales. <laughs> of Wales. Get her title right. Put some respect on that lady's name. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about Princess Diana, and then we'll say the official story for her death, and then we'll get into some of the conspiracies. Yeah. As Ryan said on last week's episode, this is one of the conspiracies that is huge. I don't think I know maybe 10 people that think it was an actual accident, and like nobody kind of helped it but we'll get into that later on yeah just as a just as a forerunner for what we're going to talk about just because of how kind of there's so much sketchy shit going on in this so in order to actually have any kind of a realistic discussion we're going to do like we've done in the past and i'm going to take the skeptic side and austin's going to take the believer's side and we're going to discuss everything because there's almost no way to have a discussion about this because it's so one-sided without one of us taking the position of, no, 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 that's bullshit. So that's how we're going to run this. Yeah. All right. So Princess Diana of Wales, her real name is Diana Frances Spencer. She was born July 1st, 1961 and died August 31st, 1997. I mean, she was raised as an aristocrat, right? She comes from a very powerful family in the UK, which is exactly why she ended up becoming the princess. Um, because even to today, like, now, don't get me wrong, her children have kind of broken the mold on this, and they're marrying quote-unquote commoners and everything else, which is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic for, like, PR for the royal family to show that the new generation of the royal family aren't, like, stuck-up snobs and they can see other people as human beings. Well, probably 90% of the fact that they're capable of even doing that is because of Diana, right? Because she is one of the first royals 
since pre-Elizabeth II that actually gave a fuck about, like, the common man, right? Because even the royal family pre-Elizabeth II did a lot of great work in, like, Africa and stuff. There's still, like, whole countries in, like, Africa and stuff that hold certain members of the royal family from, like, the late 1800s and early 20th century in really high esteem because they actually came in and did good work, right? And um, so Diana ends up meeting... Charles. Yeah. And the thing was, Charles was actually dating her older sister. And they met when he was already 29, and she was only 16. And a couple years later... Was that a lacrosse game or rugby? uh, Lacrosse, I believe. And several years later, she becomes of legal age and everything else, and then they spark off a romance. At this point, he's 32... 32, 33, yeah. somewhere in that age, right? Because I don't know what his birthday is. So I don't know exactly when that fell in. But yeah, in, in his early 30s, right? And she's now 18. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they're maybe officially, like as far as the press and everything, know they're only dating for a couple of months. I think it was like two, three months. Not even very long. Yeah. It, they announced their engagement. Boom, they're married. And if you want to see a fucking wedding that will blow your goddamn mind, Go back on YouTube or whatever and look up the Prince Charles, Princess Diana wedding. And that that was like one of the first big televised weddings. Well, yeah, that was, it's insane. Her dress alone. I mean, look, if you, you could literally walk up to any woman on the street and just say, look, this is the wedding dress I'm going to buy for you. She's instantly going to be like, yeah, deal, bet, let's do it. Yeah. Right? Like, Diana had, like, what was it, a 50- or 60-foot-long train on her fucking dress? And, like, I mean, it's insane to go back and watch. Like, she looked exactly like what you want a princess to look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's it's insanely impressive. And the only problem is, is that if you do go back and you watch a lot of interviews with the royal family, and especially, like, Diana and Prince Charles and everything else during that time, you can tell that marriage was doomed. Right? Like, just the way they interacted with each other and talked and, and, like, when they would cut camera and you see the extended footage of, like, them just kind of meandering around after interviews and stuff, you knew that was doomed. It yeah. was doomed from the get-go. But Diana wanted to try and use the royal family to further her own agenda. Yeah. Which is crazy because usually people that ambitious, their agenda is not very wholesome. Their agenda is not very good, Right. But she genuinely gave a fuck about people and used the the power and the the privilege of the royal family to genuinely try and help people, which is why she endeared herself with basically the entire world. There was nobody in the world that didn't respect her because of the charity work that she did and the fact that she didn't hide the fact that she could give less of a fuck what the royal family thought. And she was like, no, fuck them. They have all this money. You know what? It's going to these starving kids. Oh, they got all this land? Boom. I'm going to do this for these people. Oh, they got this? Boom. I'm going to help these motherfuckers out. Like, it's insane. Yeah, she did a lot for, like, people with HIV, AIDS, cancer. Cleaning up landmines from our involvement in, in Vietnam and shit like that. Like, I mean, she was just constantly on the move, just doing good work after good work after good work. It, it's 
it really was an absolute tragedy that we we lost her. Like the world would honestly be a better place if she was still out there kicking, like doing all this charity work and everything else. Like you know, and people hold people like Mother fucking. Teresa up on this pedestal as like a saint, but like Mother Teresa was a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> like if um, Prince or I guess King Charles mm. just died and she took over, it would have been so much better. Absolutely. Yeah, world be a better would genuinely be a better place. Yeah. So, anyways, they end up having they have two kids, obviously, and their marriage starts to get rocky. Which I guess you would say it was never really a great marriage. Yeah. Because like, even the press, like you could tell she was down because like the press asked if he was in love with her, and she was like, "Yeah, you could say that," or "Yeah, what love is." Oh, no, she was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, he was all like, yeah, you know, depending on what you call love these days. Yeah. Yeah, some bullshit like that. And it's like, fuck you, Charles. I hope that dude dies soon, dude. He's such a piece of shit. Like, all of Elizabeth's kids are pieces of shit, but her grandbabies are cool. I like her grandbabies, man. Like, you know, like Will and those guys, they're good, man. I can dig them. But that's because of Diana, though. That's the only reason. And, hell, Harry, he's done separated from the family. Yeah. But he still does all kinds of philanthropic work. That's all he does. That's yeah. his job now is doing like charity work and stuff like that. Yeah. Because one of the big divides that happened in the family, right? And one of the reasons that a lot of people believe that the royal family was like targeting Diana and everything else was because she was just constantly breaking the mold. Like stuff that had never been done before and everything else. And it's like she talking, was... Talking to the press about like depression... Yeah, or and, like shit going on in the royal family or inside Buckingham Palace and, and, you know, what was going on in Windsor. But, like, she was the first royal to not have her children privately tutored. Like, she put all her kids in the into public school. schools. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was still, like, well, super upscale, like, specialized. Uh, like, private schools, school. I guess you would say. But, yeah, but it was like, no, you need to get out there and you need to meet people. She wanted her kids to have it rough, honestly. Like, there, uh, Will, there's a quote from William that says, like, when he first got put into school, she was like, look, people are going to treat you different. People are going to try and test you. People are going to try and challenge you. People are going to do a lot of things. The press are going to constantly be around you. This is your life. You have to get used to this. You have to learn how to work in and among everybody. Yeah. And, like, that's that speaks volumes about who she was as a person, right? To be like, no, 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 no. This is really going to suck for you. And you're my child, and I love you and everything else, and this is going to suck. But you need this in order to turn out to be a decent person. Yeah. And... Uh, like uh, like a lot of stuff we've said with her she was just a good human being she put others above herself and she didn't want to hide from the public like a lot of the royalty does and i mean hell even to this day like i know it's gonna go back to the same way with princess charles or princess charles with uh, yeah, princess charles you got it right <laughs> fuck him <laughs> With, uh, I was going to say Prince Charles, but it's really King Charles now. Mm. I ain't calling him a king. Fuck him. It's Queen Charles. Yeah, we'll call him Queen Charles. Queen Charles. So, (laughs) Queen Charles, a lot of it's going to go back to that, like trying to keep a lot of stuff away from the public. Because in reality, I don't think his two sons will really have much to do with him now that the queen's gone. I I mean, I'm sure they're still going to be involved because obviously they don't want to lose their... I mean, because, you know, Will's next in line, man. Charles is so old and such a shitty person. There's no way he's going to live too much longer. 
So then Will will take over, and that'll probably be the best thing that's happened to that monarchy in a long time, man. And hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen whenever he's like fucking 70. Yeah. Because I no. think he's in his like 40s right now. Who, William? No. Yeah, he's 30, early 40s. 30, 30. I think he's in his early 40s. No. Because his mom was, what, 30, 34, 35 in 97 when she died? Something like that? I want to say 37. Was she 37? I don't fucking remember. Yeah. But <laughs> anyways, so they kind of had a big downfall in their marriage and... Because of Kamala. Yeah. So whenever King Charles, I guess... Queen Charles. Yeah. <laughs> whenever Queen Charles, <laughs> uh, he kind of started running around on Diana and that led to pretty much the divorce. The queen was like, y'all ain't staying together. This ain't happening in the palace. And pretty much made them get a divorce. Yeah, she yeah, she was sick of all the bullshit. And, and she was just like, just, just fucking just go. Just, just do whatever. And technically, the queen tried to strip Diana of her title, right? But literally the entire rest of the UK and basically the rest of the English speaking and most of the non-English speaking rest of the world was like, nope, nope, still our princess. That's our princess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, they had ended up getting a divorce and she had ended up getting another husband with, or no, they weren't married. No, they weren't married, but she, she dated around a, a couple of like, you know, millionaires and billionaires. But even to that same extent, even when she was dating these like millionaires and billionaires and everything else, guess what she was doing? Being like, Hey, why don't you throw a couple million to help these kids with AIDS? Hey. You got an extra billion dollars laying around. Why don't we uh, funnel that into this charity? So it's like, even though she was still like just trying to have a normal life as a normal human being, she was still just like, hey, hey, what's going on? You know, you could be doing something more than just hanging out on this yacht. Why don't you give me some money to give to these poor starving kids? Yeah. So as a lot of people know, I guess now we'll start to get into the death of Princess Diana. So, the official account is that on Saturday, August 30th, 1997, Princess Diana left Ulvia Airport, Sardinia, on a private jet to arrive in Le Borgo Airport in Paris with Egyptian film producer and current boyfriend at the time, Dodi Fayed, and son of businessman Mohammed Al Fayed, who... To list off everything that this this dude owns would take way too much time, but just know... He's a billionaire. Yeah, billionaire. I mean, absolutely just like one of the wealthiest people in Egypt, right? And um, owned hotels and businesses all over the world, New York, London, Paris, you name it, right? So they had stopped off in Paris on route to London just to rest up for the evening. Um, they were staying at the Ritz Hotel in Paris... They left there in two separate vehicles. One was actually deliberately sent out ahead of them as a decoy to try and distract paparazzi so that they could enjoy time by themselves before they got on a plane back to London, where inevitably they would be hounded by British press because of all the attention that they had gotten over the past nine days spent on Dottie's father's yacht in the French Riviera. And not just that, they went to an expensive jewelry store which this kind of goes along with the conspiracies. Um, they went to a jewelry store, and they believed she was picking out a wedding ring. Mm-hmm. 
And so, like we said, they both get into a Mercedes um, S280 sedan. One leaves out ahead. Paparazzi start following that. They quickly realize that it's a decoy and backtrack to try and find their sedan. Um, the driver, whose name is Henry Paul, he decides that he's going to try and speed up to try and lose the paparazzi, weaving through traffic and everything else, try and lose them. At approximately sometime between 2,200 hours, or around 2,200 hours, they start heading towards the Rue Arsani Jose. They enter into a, under, uh, a tunnel that takes them up underneath the highway and end up colliding with 13th pillar, holding up the structure, uh, effectively ending everyone's life except for Diana's bodyguard. The official story is that the driver, Henry Paul, was intoxicated, that he was very drunk and... Three times over the legal limit to be exact. And was on medication that would have impaired him even farther. But... And now we get into the nitty gritty. Okay, so we'll start with the hospital trip. The hospital trip, there was a hospital less than five minutes away from where the accident occurred. And they took her to a hospital that was 30 minutes away, but it took them... An hour. Well, yeah, it was it was a little over an hour to drive 30 minutes to the hospital. And if you have someone with that much notoriety, are you going to be driving that slow? No, you're going to be trying to get them to the fucking hospital. Yeah, especially considering that Diana technically was not pinned inside the vehicle, right? So it was easy access for emergency responders to be able to actually get to her. One big thing that kind of plays into the conspiracy around this is the fact that after the accident... There were multiple, multiple paparazzi that actually genuinely tried to get in and help the situation. You know, they they actually got out of their vehicles and actually tried to get, you know, make sure that the, the occupants inside the vehicle were conscious and awake. And at the same time, there were just as many of these soulless fucking cocksuckers that just stood around taking pictures in the hopes that they could get a photo of a dead princess so that they could pay their goddamn rent. Fuck you. And <laughs> it's... It's crazy. Seven men were actually arrested within minutes of the accident for causing the accident because there were multiple eyewitnesses that said that the vehicle itself was being chased. But one of the biggest problems is is that the the French man that was in the vehicle directly behind the Mercedes, the police never took an official account from him. When an official account from him was put out to the public, it was immediately discredited by French officials. Or, I'm sorry, not French officials, British officials. No. And they tried to discredit it, even though that French detectives, private investigators, and the French equivalency of, like, the DA were trying to push for his account to get pushed to the, the forefront because he was literally the sole witness of exactly what transpired. And the man's story has not changed in the 25 years since this event occurred, which gives even more credit to what he had to say. Yeah. Now, there's also some conspiracies about the ambulance ride because whenever she went to the hospital, or whenever she was at the scene of the accident, there are accounts that all she had was a broke leg. And like minor minor injuries besides the broke leg but 
whenever she got to the hospital, she was pretty much dead. And one reason is because it took an hour to get there. But there's also other accounts that say they stopped not too far from the hospital and were waiting there for like 10 minutes beforehand before get like less like a block away from the hospital. Yeah. Just waiting. And that's fucking wild. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, they already didn't go to the closest hospital. They went to a farther away hospital, which in a way I can understand that because you want to get that specific person to the best hospital where you can provide the best care. But there's no reason whatsoever at 11 o'clock at night, I'd say, yeah, that the road's not going to be that fucking busy. Well, this did take place in Paris. I understand that, but they, they're a lot better drivers than people in the U.S. Like, they're going to get the fuck out of the way when they see an ambulance. No, absolutely. But, you know, traffic being what it is, it's the same thing as, like, I've been in Manhattan at midnight. And you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in the traffic at midnight in Manhattan from 2 o'clock in the afternoon in Manhattan, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just those massive cities like that, they don't sleep, right? It's just it's a constant thing. It's kind of like you're not going to find an empty highway in Los Angeles at 2 in the morning. Yeah. You know, it, it's always going to be busy. Um, so I can understand it taking a little excess time, but not an hour. No. Yeah, th- that doesn't that doesn't add up. Um, especially considering that most of Europe has way stricter laws regarding how you behave in an accident. It's just like, so in France, for example, let's say you're in a car accident and I'm there and there's nothing preventing me from aiding you. I can do jail time for just standing by and not doing shit. And so there's not only a cultural, but a legal emphasis on trying to help people in an emergency. Yeah. You know, like, could you imagine how much of a better place America would be if you could do jail time for just standing back watching a fucking house burn down than at least trying to fucking bust out a garden hose and do something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, America would be a better place if we had laws in place like that where you could do jail time for just standing around being a dick. I mean, hell, people do hit and runs all the time. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. So, back into the conspiracy angle on this. So, as I previously mentioned, seven men from the paparazzi were immediately arrested, damn near, right? Like, multiple eyewitnesses said that they were in pursuit of the vehicle, yada, yada, yada. So, the, the French police came and rounded the paparazzi up, everything else. But within 14 days, all their charges were dropped. They were let back out on the street and everything else. And nobody within the French... Police to, or the Paris Police Department can explain why these men were released. To this day, they still talk about they don't understand why these men didn't face federal charges. So they believe the royal family had a lot to do with that by pulling strings to let them go because they didn't want it to get as much media attention as it did. Exactly. And that's kind of sketchy, right? And then as I also, as I previously mentioned, the main eyewitness, the British intelligence agencies and British press and British everything basically went out of their way to try and discredit this man. And also, I guess since we'll move, kind of start to move past the hospital incident, unless you got something that all I have to add is the fact that like you previously stated, like initial reports of her injuries were not that serious when they reached the hospital, uh, nursing staff and everything else admitted the fact that her blood pressure was insanely low, that she had internal bleeding and everything else. 
rushed her into the ER immediately. She actually went into cardiac arrest because her blood pressure got so low they were able to resuscitate her at first. But then it was determined after the fact that her heart had actually gotten moved within her chest cavity due to the force of the impact, and it had ruptured several arteries. And that's why they were not able to save her life. Although the British official story was that she died of head injuries, which that doesn't add up. No, and it don't. And for some reason, like, you know, the autopsy was never made public. Absolutely not. And even to a further extent, the autopsy done on the driver has been thrown into question over and over and over again, especially by Brit- uh, uh, Parisian detectives. The fact that no one outside of select members of the government were allowed to be in the room during the autopsy to see any of the samples, to actually see the official reports coming back as to what his talk screen showed and everything else. In fact, the reports of the incident were coming out days before the talk screen even officially came back as to what the results were. And then all of a sudden, the official documents match what was being said days before the official talk screen could have possibly come back. Yeah. To this day, they still don't let anybody actually run tests on the blood and urine samples taken from the occupants of the vehicle. That's still not allowed. No. And now another thing we'll start to get into is out of all, I believe it was 27 cameras, 28 cameras in the tunnel. Yeah. The 14 on that side of the tunnel were not working mysteriously and the main camera the speed trap camera set up at the mouth of the tunnel which definitely pinged off of a vehicle traveling at over 100 miles an hour less than 10 minutes before yeah mysteriously footage has never been released nothing in fact that camera has actually been permanently removed from the mouth of the tunnel sent in the 25 years since it's just gone it doesn't exist there anymore it's fucking wild (laughs) Especially that half the tunnel's cameras were still working. Yeah. And again, nothing's ever been released. The only photos from the scene are just the ones that were confiscated from the paparazzi. That's it. And even those are shaky and sketchy at best. Yeah, I was going to say, they didn't release a whole lot. Because they really didn't get a lot of good shots. No. I mean, most of the photographs you see that did get released from the paparazzi are post-accident. So it's almost everything that was taken pre and during have never been seen. It's only just the carnage that was post-accident. And then I guess another thing we'll get into, there are some conspiracies around the bodyguard himself. And the driver. And the driver. But the one with the bodyguard is that the bodyguard had some, was it a prior experience with MI5? Yeah, he he was previously involved with uh, the British Secret Service, which is why he was given the detail to protect Princess Diana. And they were actually very close. Yeah. They were very close. And one thing about him, a lot of people don't know this, but he, or whenever you're in private security like that and you're in a car, you never wear a seatbelt. Because if you need to get out of the car or... Get to the back seat, like let's say there's you. You pretty much you have to protect that person. So you be dealing with personal security. I've never seen someone that's doing like a bodyguard buckle up because no. you have to get to your person as fast as you can. But for some reason, he was the only person buckled up in the car. 
Well, per official release. Well, yeah, per official release, he was the only person buckled up in the car. Mm-hmm. Even though multiple photographs taken from paparazzi do clearly show everybody in their seated positions and everything else within the vehicle, which makes less sense that he was the only one, you know? Yeah. Then it's it gets even sketchier than that, so it's like you have the driver, right, who... Everyone on the conspiracy end of it believes that he had ties to both French and British and everybody else Secret Service and or, or MI five and six. Yeah, and which to a certain extent makes sense because if you're at the ritziest, most glamorous hotel in Paris, you're having diplomats, you're having government officials, you're having all kinds of people come through, celebrities, everybody coming through. And so you are going to be interacting with a lot of the same people a lot of the time, and you are going to build up relationships with certain people, right? And it would make sense that if you have high-profile targets staying in your hotel, and this is going to be their private driver while they're staying at that hotel— that, you know, an intelligence agency would kind of try and get those people put onto the payroll to gather information and be like, hey, look, I was driving and, you know, fucking Castro was in the back seat and he was talking <laughs> about this, that, and the other, you know? Like, so could he have possibly, possibly been on the payroll for somebody? Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it, it would make sense. Yeah, and another thing, going back to the hotel, or not the hotel, the hospital part of it, they also believe... At the scene of the crime, or I guess you wouldn't really say crime, at the scene of the accident, they believe that someone came and finished her off there, but then there's also more stories about they finished her off in the ambulance. And yeah. But going back to the bodyguard, right? So he survives. And in 2003, he releases a book where he includes a letter that was given to him for safekeeping by Princess Diana, supposedly, basically saying that she was fearing for her safety and that the royal family was going to try and assassinate her in a very similar way to what ended up actually happening to her. Yeah, and one big thing about this is, as Ryan said earlier, at this point she was still one of the top people for the position if something happened to the Queen. I mean, obviously you still had... Her sons, well, I guess, well, no, at this time, um, what's his name? King Charles' brother? Oh, uh, Philip? Yeah, King, or uh, Philip. This was before all that, um, all the bad shit happened, like with the kid diddling and everything. Yeah. So you obviously had them two, but at that time, Princess Diana would have been third behind them. Yeah, even with being divorced just because she was the mother of who was next in line to become king. But that is another thing that raises a lot of the conspiracy theorists' dander on all of this is the simple fact that technically, by British law, the queen is allowed to take full charge of the heirs to the throne. So Diana and the royal family were actually in somewhat of a legal battle over whether or not Diana was even going to be allowed to be able to keep her own children. At the time, if she was to get remarried and everything else, the queen could essentially step in and just take her children from her and ban her from being able to see them or interact with them at all. 
And so the conspiracy theorists basically say that that's the main reason that the royal family wanted her taken out was because if it turned into a full-blown legal battle over custody of the future king of England, that she would have enough dirt and everything else to To take the whole family down Mm -hmm. And, and just drag all their dirty laundry in front of the press, considering she was the first person in royalty to ever really talk to the press and be a public figure in the way that she was. And that scared the living shit out of them. Yeah. And another thing with her bodyguard, obviously he ended up, I'm holding up quotation signs, heavy air quotes right now. (laughs) He killed himself. He pulled a Jeff Epstein, as a lot of people say, Eh. Uh, he killed himself by shooting himself and setting his car on fire. Yep. Which man, that's he really wanted to die, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that guy that committed suicide by suffocating himself inside of a duffel bag. It's weird how people commit suicide sometimes, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he just tossed his body into a briefcase on a boat and just yeah rolled over the side of the boat and it's there it's we go. just crazy, man. Suicides and his legs were broke for some reason. Like, yeah, yeah. Suicides are weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> But um, we still got to do an Epstein. Yeah, we do still have to do a fucking Epstein. Although <clears throat> the Epstein one's gonna get wild, right? Because if we end up doing an Epstein episode, that's gonna piss a lot of people off. Because honestly, there's a lot of people involved in that. That, at least in my opinion, I don't really think we're actually involved in it. Like you see their names on shit and everything else, but it's like. It's like with everything else, like people just go, oh, oh, their name's on a thing. And it's like, yeah, they were on the same flight, but they didn't go to the island or anything. They just were on the same private jet. You know, like, it's like, you know, multiple people can ride on the same plane, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. They could have stopped at the island, but it's a fairly big island. Yeah. That's another thing. Like it, it is a nice place to stay. Yeah. But there are there or I should say there is a certain area that's you where, know, for kitty diddling. Yeah. And but we'll we'll get into that on another episode, I guess. Yeah. That's that's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah. So all right, so you wanna talk about the strobe light? Yes, okay. So there is this thing that MI five, MI six, even like CIA agents do it's kinda like a strobe light, like super, super bright flash light that can pretty much blind you and cause you to wreck well mi5 mi6 they're trained in this kind of action and there's been accounts of a motorcycle being in the tunnel during the time of the accident and there's been reports of people saying they saw bright flashing lights in and fact the uh, dry or the driver in the vehicle behind their mercedes the one that they tried to discredit his account he was the first one to come forward saying that he saw an incredibly bright flash towards that car right before the accident yeah and like i said there's a lot of different people trained in that and obviously if the royal families want to have something to do with it they have some control over which one's theirs mi6 five i think theirs is five i think five well anyways the MI5, they're trained to do shit like this. Like, they've done it with other targets, I guess you would say. And it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could have pulled something off like this. And considering it's not just one person's account, it's several different accounts. And it's been proven that there was a motorcycle there that was in front of the vehicle. 
that could have been a strong possibility. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, this this shit just it, it's it's such a rabbit hole, and there's so much stuff that got covered up. It's like within four hours, um, the Secret Service for Parrot or the French Secret Service came in and just completely scrubbed the entire accident scene. That tunnel was open for business again within four hours. There was no crime scene like. They didn't rope it off as a crime scene. They didn't shut down the tunnel. There was no real official investigation that was done. Like, fucking all the detectives and police that showed up on the scene and everything else were basically forced off the scene until much later. And it's like, it was a total scrub job. And to this day, every police officer detective from Paris that was involved in it will still speak on the fact that they weren't allowed to really investigate anything. Like, it was... It, it was insane. Like, the government literally just stepped in and said, hey, forget what you saw here. Go home. Yeah. Now, another big thing we need to talk about with the paparazzi, Diana and Charles' son still hold the paparazzi accountable for Diana's death. Absolutely, and they should. And, see, they were having to go 65 miles an hour. I think it was, what, 25 or 30 in the tunnel? Mm-hmm. So they're going... Damn near 40 miles an hour over the speed limit through a tight spot where, well, it's not really tight because it was a four-lane highway. Yeah, but it was three lanes in the tunnel. Well, anyways, so causing them to speed unnecessarily through a tunnel, which isn't a good idea anyways because it's a tunnel. Like, if you... Fuck up. You, yeah. yeah, you fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> So, the family still blames a lot of this on the paparazzi because she always had a bunch of trouble with paparazzi. I mean, she liked being with a paparazzi because she liked getting everything out there. She wanted to be closer to the public. And the paparazzi loved it, and they wanted more and more and more. And no matter what she did after the divorce, they kept following her. And at that point, like Ryan said earlier, whenever he was given the description of it, they chased him. They crashed. The paparazzi was right behind it. Chances are, if paparazzi wasn't chasing them. The accident wouldn't would have never happened. happened. If yeah, it, it was an accident. Happened. If it was an accident. If it was, yeah. If it was an accident. Um, another little detail that we should probably talk about when it comes to the accident and everything else is, it's the fact that Merce, the official report says that they were able to clock the speedometer on the vehicle at 121 miles an hour upon impact but mercedes came out officially afterwards saying that's impossible because of the way that their systems are set up in that vehicle that everything reverts back to zero under that kind of collision and so the fact that they were able to release an official statement before any kind of tests or anything could get done determining the speed and, and, and everything else, Mercedes called bullshit on them. And so the British government came in after the fact and hired Mercedes to run tests, impact tests, to determine what the official speed was, but would never actually allow Mercedes to look or inspect the actual vehicle to just try and basically guesstimate. Yeah. And one of the biggest problems that Mercedes ran into with a lot of this is that they found out after the fact that that particular vehicle had been taken in for servicing out of schedule. And that a lot of the computer systems and everything else built into that vehicle, even as primitive as they were back in 1996 when that vehicle was first hit the market, they were removed. 
Yeah. A lot of things were removed from that vehicle, which that's even sketchier. Like, why would you put such a high-profile person in a vehicle with components removed from it? Yeah. I mean, Mercedes never got confirmation as to which components were removed, only that some components were removed. So they don't know if it was safety features that could have potentially saved the occupants' lives, anything. They were never allowed to inspect the vehicle. Which is really kind of some horse shit because... A lot of times when people get killed in car accidents, the car manufacturer wants to get the car back to see better ways to improve the car. Exactly. So the next time somebody has an accident like that, there's less of a chance of them dying. Yeah, so needless to say, Mercedes was fucking pissed about this. And considering they're a German company and could give a fuck less about the, the uh, anything in the UK, they were very vocal during this entire investigation and everything else about like, hey, British government's not letting us investigate. They're not letting us do what we need to do. And then like the British government had to be like, ignore those wacky Germans. Remember world war two. Remember how big a dicks they were? Ignore them. (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of does it for the conspiracies. So I guess now Ryan, what do you think happened that night? So like I said, I'm going to take the skeptic angle on this, right? So I'm going to say that there's 100% a lot of sketchy shit that definitely went down around all of this. And stuff that, honestly, if I didn't look at it from like a solely like rational mindset or whatever, I, I would be able to tie all the red strings together on the wall and, you know, go full Charlie Day on it. But it just seems to me like if the British royal family wanted her gone, with as much time as she spent in like third world countries and everything else, doing a lot of the charity work she did, there were easier ways to basically just disappear her, right? Like you could just as easily hire like Somali fucking pirates or whatever to just come scoop her ass and and disappear into the jungle somewhere or some shit, you know? Like there, yeah. there would have been easier, less high profile ways to do it with less strings attached. Yeah. Um... Now, do I think that they were absolutely fucking ecstatic that it happened? Sure. I think they were just over the moon that she she was dead. And that's why they threw so many resources and everything else at just kind of knocking it out of knocking it down, just trying their absolute best to just try and make the whole situation disappear and just move the hell on. Right? Um I do think that things like the bodyguard's death is, is very mysterious, and I do believe that the British government and maybe the royal family had something to do with that. Um, I do believe that the British royal family and maybe the British government had something to do with the paparazzi being released without being officially charged, even though they should have. Um, even if it was just a... Yeah, just them like just being dicks, charge, not yeah. helping you know with the emergency and everything else. Yeah, they should have still faced consequences for yeah. it, right? So that's kind of my official opinion. I don't think that the royal family was directly responsible. I feel like if they wanted to have really just buckled down and done it, there would have been a million other opportunities and a million other ways that would have been much easier. But I do think that they were just, I mean, they threw a goddamn party when it happened, just like, oh my God, she's gone. We can, we can go back to normal and be stuffy fuck nuts. <laughs> and, but, um, yeah, I, but I do think that they pulled a lot of strings in government and everything else to try and get as much of it just swept under the rug, moved out of the way and just 
fuck it, we're just going to forget about this as possible. So to me, that's the conspiracy, right? Like, is them going out of their way to make sure that just there was not going to be anything left for anyone to be able to really do anything with. Yeah. Once it was all said and done. All right. Well, see, my whole thing on it, I kind of feel like, I feel like somebody in the royal family had something to do with it because there's just way too many coincidences around it, like cameras being out, taken, not going to the nearest hospital, taken more than two times longer to get to the hospital than the normal trip takes. Like you said, the speedometer going down, but it just clocks someone getting a tenant or a ticket less than 10 minutes beforehand. The motorcycle, the flashing strobe light. Really, a lot of this shit could be possible or it could be a huge combination of like if you had enough people in on it. Okay, you force them to have the wreck. They get in the ambulance. They do whatever they have to ride around for a little bit. Make sure she gets to the point where she ain't going to make it. And bam, it's done. Yeah. And it's very possible, right? And I 100% agree that it's very possible. It's 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 very, very possible. Now, she was going to marry that, uh, what is it, uh, Egyptian? Dottie. What is the Egyptian? Dodi, yeah. Uh, if she was going to marry the Egyptian man and have a child with it, they really didn't want the stepfather of Harry and William to have anything to do with an Egyptian. He's not Muslim, it's... Uh, might just they didn't want him to have anything to do with an Egyptian person. Yeah. Which as you know, a lot of people in the royal family are pretty fucking racist. Well, they're also really old. And that goes back to the, what we were talking about in the previous podcast where it's like find me somebody, people. yeah, find me ri- some rich old white people that aren't fucking racist. Like it just it is what it is. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, yeah, I believe the royal family had something to do with it because they have a lot of power in that region even though this did happen in Paris. They have a lot of power in the region because they are the obviously empire. Yeah. Yeah. So they are pretty much over fucking everything over there and they have the resources to do it. Yeah. And then like I said that they believe she was pregnant and believe she was about to get married. Now, cuz technically she was still in line at the time, so if something happened to the queen or Charles or whoever, he would have been or she would have been next in line and that would have completely fucked up the royal family. Yeah. As far as the royal family's concerned. Yeah. It's Man, the the rabbit hole on this one goes so deep. It's it's and everybody covered their tracks so well in this particular case, right? Because I mean, there's a hundred percent there is a conspiracy here. A hundred percent. There's no question that there's a conspiracy here. It's just to what end, right? Like, where does it end? Was it was the conspiracy to kill her? Was the conspiracy to cover up the death? Was the conspiracy to try and keep certain members of the royal family from getting dirt brought up? Like, where does it end? There's a hundred percent one here, but to what cause? Yeah, yeah. But uh, so yeah, that royal family definitely had her killed, <laughs> or they somebody in the palace had her killed. I won't even necessarily say the royal family. Somebody within their whole parliament or whatever you yeah. want to call it had something to do with it. There's just too much shit going wrong. Even, like I said in the last one, I don't believe the queen specifically has something to do with it. But do I believe she found out later and helped cover it up and kind of 
push everything well, under yeah, the rug. Push the rumors. Under that's kind of where everything. I'm at with it. Like I think that that's more kind of her involvement with it, and I feel like the rest of the family, if they, if anybody in that family was responsible, it was probably the rest of the family and not so much her. It was Charles and Philip. Probably, yeah. Because I mean, damn near as soon as it happened, all of a sudden. Fucking Charles gets remarried. So, yeah. yeah. To the girl that you've been fucking while he was with her. And before (laughs) they were together. Yeah. Yeah. So. Because she was married before, um, because they were, they were together and she was married and then he married Diana and then she got a divorce and then he went back to messing with her. Yeah. So, yeah, shit's wild, man. I just, I'm still on the fence about whether or not the, everything was set up specifically to kill her. Because like I said, the, they could have gone about it in like a million easier ways. Hell, they could have just gotten John's mom to sit on her face. <laughs> I mean, me and you have almost died multiple times from that. Yeah, yeah. I've got. It's, it's good that we go over there together. That way we have somebody to push her off if, you know, we start turning blue. Yeah, last time I had to get the fucking tractor to pull her off of your ass, though. So yeah. I threw... That's a good long th- ass ratchet strap around her back and had to fucking slowly back the tractor up. Yeah. It was a bad day. Yeah, it was bad, man. I barely got to him. His fucking face was blue. Yeah, man. I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. And unfortunately, every time I opened them, all I saw was, you know, what was sitting on me. And that, that wasn't, that was, that's no way to go. Have like fucking syrup all over you, but it's really sweat. Yeah. It's insane that she can actually sweat hamburger grease. It tastes good, though. <laughs> it does taste good. <laughs> but anyways, I think this kind of sums it up. I mean... Yeah, I don't know what more I could really t- say about it. Other than I recommend everybody out there in podcast land, if you're younger or if you're outside of... And, you know, if you're in a traditionally non-English speaking country... I would highly recommend that you go to YouTube or Amazon or whatever and look up documentaries on Princess Diana. She really was a... I mean, don't get me wrong. She had her flaws because she was still human. But she's probably... There was a reason she was the largest or the biggest celebrity in the world. The fact that she's literally the most photographed human being that's ever lived. And it's because you couldn't not love her yeah it's it's impossible like she wasn't that's the craziest thing right is like she wasn't the sexiest woman that's ever lived she wasn't the prettiest woman that ever lived she wasn't the nicest woman that ever lived she wasn't she wasn't the anything of anything that ever lived but she was this like perfect combination of all of these things where it's like you couldn't help but fall in love with her yeah yeah i'd hit it dude (laughs) <laughs> Likes days, I mean, like dude, we already did our, you know, fuck, marry, kill. Dude, Diana is Mary. You marry Diana. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I don't know, man. I'm still questioning who who would be the fuck and who would be the kill. Yeah. But Diana's, that's, that's, that's who you marry. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, yeah, everybody out there in podcast land, do, do your research on her. Keep her legacy alive. She was a great human being. She did a lot for people of the world. It was an absolute fucking travesty that we lost her. Any, if anybody actually was involved in her death and everything else, I hope they burn in fucking hell. I hope they're down there getting pineapples shoved backwards up their ass by Hitler. Just You sure Hitler's not the one getting pineapple shoved up his ass? Well, he's been getting it for so long at this point, you know. I'm he sure he's gotten I'm sure he's gotten like, promoted to pineapple guy now, you know. Like <laughs> now he can be the pineapple guy. Yeah, it's just a long line of people that's like forced to be bent over and you gotta take it out of your own ass and put it in the next it's person. ass, yeah. Yeah, but he's the one that's handing the pineapples off at the top of the line at this point. He's been doing it for <laughs> seventy years, you know. So, 
Oh shit! But um, I w- when Ryan was talking about the documentaries, they actually just put a new documentary out on Netflix not too terribly long ago about Princess Diana, and I didn't find out about it until probably about an hour before we did this episode, so I did not get to watch it. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I didn't know it was on there either. I'll probably watch it whenever we get done recording. But anyways, you got anything else you want to say, Ryan? No, I got nothing else to really add to this, man. It's it's a pretty self-contained little package. I mean, there's just... The cleanup on it was so thorough. There, It's... the. It's no hard sloppy to, investigation work, everything. Like, it was just... It was just bad. Everything around it was just bad. Every angle, no matter how you feel about it, everything about it was bad bad so all right everybody out there in podcast land i hope you enjoyed the episode please join us next week um join us on all of our social media platforms facebook instagram twitter etc you know fuck it find me on tinder (laughs) you know find uh you know find austin on farmers only (laughs) (laughs) it's christian mingle motherfucker uh you know we're always down for a good conversation. Hit us up with stuff you, you want to hear, stuff you didn't like. Um, let us know if you want some time with John's mom. You know, I got we got her chained up in the basement. And we finally replaced the whiteboard that kept falling off her ass. Yeah, it's a cork board now, which is oh. convenient, actually. You yeah, know? we had to find some big-ass pins that actually go through the cork board to stay on her ass because the super glue and the hot glue wasn't working. That's all that hamburger grease sweats out. But, um, but yeah, join us again next week, everybody. Peace. Later.